Sean, right? Good evening, fellow morons. Um, welcome to a, another stream for us. Um, as you'll see, a little bit of confusion as we're just starting there because our star Sean was going to be late. We're thinking maybe there. We're not quite sure. So, as professional as we are, he has appeared. So, hey. uh, actually works out good you. timing. Sean, welcome in. Hello. And I did load my laptop up before I went, Daniel. <laughs> oh. Well, you were just going to get, we were just going to fill the time of you being away with abusing you, really. Uh, and then you've turned up, so we'll just have to abuse you later on. It's fine. But that guys, thank big. you very much for joining us this evening. Uh, we are here to talk about basically old films. So films that were out before we were born. Um, some of us are a bit younger than others. Some of us are all older, Hunter. Um, yes, I, I, do you know what I, I've, I've waited until we've gone live to point this out and for you listening on podcast this won't really make much sense to you at the moment but for you watching live and you watching on YouTube can you see how the transition of Hunter and Daniel merging into the same person is happening that's two weeks in a row now that Hunter's wore a hat that's basically the same as Daniel's now you can see why I got confused and called them Dunter all those weeks ago I was what when I've been editing the older videos, I've noticed like how much my face changes and uh, yours as well, Kyle. We need to stop changing so much. We need to stick on bland. Like Sean, Sean's the same every week. Burnsy's the same every week. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You <laughs> you and Kyle bring the style to it, clearly. That's a difference. Thanks, Jay. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <that. laughs> so, we've got some style in there, but yeah. So we are here to talk about some older films. So the winners on Instagram. For the week, where Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, obviously the original one, not the Johnny Depp one, and everybody's favourite gangster movie, Scarface. So I think we're going to start off with uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which came out in 1971, and Hunter went to the the talkies to watch it. Um, and okay. it was 40 minutes, so it's in line with Sean's uh, recommended viewing time. This is a poor but hopeful boy seeks one of the five coveted golden tickets that will send him on a tour of Willy Wonga's mysterious chocolate factory. Hunter, you will know this one well. I want to come to you first to take it away, my friend. Oh, yeah, it was uh, a couple of top bits to get into this at the old talkies back today. I, you know what, is, I, I think seeing the Johnny Depp remake or whatever you want to call it in recent years has definitely clouded my memory and I've got the two of these confused when I was watching it at the time. So I was always convinced that Charlie had a dad in this one but I think the dad is possibly in the newer version um, but regardless of that, the fact is I enjoyed this in a sense. Obviously it's a film that I've watched a lot as a youngster, um, I definitely feel as if it is one of those, I don't know if it's because I've watched it a lot and I think it, I don't know how, um, how maybe kids that are aware of my age when I was watching this a lot when I was youngster, how they would take to it now, um, obviously some of it may feel outdated to them, whereas first we can still obviously reflect back to when we watched it, it wasn't that um, out of date when we were growing up, but I mean, it is a good film obviously it's based on the books that we've probably all read in primary school and whatever grown up from there so you can reflect back to that whilst we were um, going, watching it growing up but again I mean it is good, Gene Wilder's amazing in it with these plays this charismatic over the top eccentric uh, chocolate factory owner I mean 
with what with the perception of chocolate factory owners, we don't know. We obviously they're just multi-millionaire bureaucrats that nobody cares about or nobody even sees. But he plays the role really, really well. Um, I mean, there's a few. I mean, I obviously want to nitpick because obviously it is a kids' film essentially. But the the opening scene of the the opening scene where they're doing like the the Candyman song in the shop, and he's just dishing out the sweets, and Pooby Charlie's just kind of outside. Working there, like I can't yeah. afford this. I did not see money exchange hands for anything that he was handing out. Think they that bottom line. That he held his hands up and collected his riches. But I mean, apart from that, I mean, they obviously it kind of the speed zone kind of it's not quite the seven sins that we see in seven, but it's kind of twenty there. There's a message that's trying to teach kids about. Uh, Growing up, kind of, don't be doing this, don't be doing this. Um, just kind of keep your head down, keep stating I will be honest, be nice, and you'll be rewarded. Um, so that's obviously the message it's trying to tell. Um, I mean, the whole, if I, the bit where they get the golden ticket and he runs back home, in my mind, I don't know if it's a gift or it's a meme or something, but in my memory, the granddad just looked at a bed, like, and he was jumping a bit scared. And yeah. It's like one of those things that's been, like, the way it's been obviously shown over the recent years, whatever, I was like, that was like, I was just waiting for that bit happening. I was like, I don't remember this song and dance from falling backwards and forwards and side to side or whatever. <laughs> like a Mandela effect for that one, isn't it? It's something that uh, you was, just that all it, vividly remember, but was even there. I was uh, going to say as well, just on that Hunter, is that when he picks up the golden ticket and starts going home, it's like, imagine if that happened in real life. I can't imagine somebody saying, oh, I've got the golden ticket. I'd be just like, oh, buzzing for him. Everybody would be trying to steal it off him. Oh, no. Um, obviously, it was it was there for that kind of film, but that's what I was thinking at the time, because I couldn't remember it. I was thinking, there must be some kind of, like, swerve, and they just run same, and everybody's like, oh, buzzing, when it's obviously this massive thing that everybody's desperate for. And so then they're thinking, like, I'm going to rip this out your hand and take it from you. I, wish I you would say... I was going to say, a lot, a lot worse things than that happened. Like, a lot more horrific things than that are about to come up in this fucking horror film. <laughs> well, I was going to jump in there and say, Hunter touched on that it's not quite like Seven, but I think it's exactly like Seven. The Seven Deadly Sins are shown right the way through this movie. Aye, but, I mean, but they're portrayed in a much less graphic sense than what they are in Seven. It's, kind of, it's for teaching kids rather than... Even Seven itself isn't an educational tool, but this is kind of almost is at times. I don't know, like, uh, it out. drowning and then getting sucked through a tube or getting turned into a three-foot-tall... Three-foot-wide blueberry, stupid blueberry. Yeah, I, or turned into a human blueberry. They're all pretty fucking horrendous things to happen. <laughs> Daniel, keep going, keep going. <laughs> uh, no, I just think it's funny. I was, I was watching it uh, well today, um, and I used to watch this every Christmas. I do love it. Like, the old man jumps out of bed been in bed for 20 years just faking it <laughs> fuck all up like benefit to it. like just fucking wait, wait, what I did think of it when you think about that they were all in that the more the, the four grandparents in Charlie and obviously you see when somebody's that skin like you would always like you would say they were that skin and never had a pot to piss in but it's funny when he was under the bed singing the song all you can see is his wee piss pot so, <laughs> he's at least got a pot to piss in oh man eh uh, it is so funny. That is a bit of, uh, that comes to mind straight away. I do still laugh when he gets up and he dances about and all that. Um, 
Aye, but then after this, me and Ella did comment on the fact that it does turn into a bit like a, a psychopath murdering children movie. Mm. Um, watch it back as an adult. It's quite fucking terrifying. Like, um, it depends what kind of hat you've got. You watch it. Like, I'm sure if you're watching it innocently and you're not thinking about that, like I didn't growing up, but it's quite enjoyable to watch it with that in mind because it does become like a horror film. See if you just change the music over the top of it, it would be like a fucking terrifying response thing. But um, I, I still enjoy it. It's still good. It's creepy. I do think the first half hour drags on a bit. Um, just get straight into the factory. I, would, I could happily fast forward that bit when I was a kid and I would just get straight to them being in there. Um, but I, it's, it's good. I, I, I was quite disappointed with this one, to be honest. I think there was a lot of classic movies. See, when we were coming up with things from before we were born, I was quite disappointed this was voted for. I've seen it about hundreds of times. It's on every Christmas. Watched it loads as a kid. Um, Gene Wilde does class in it. I've just, it's just it's hard for me to enjoy it that much when I've seen it so many times. I mean, yeah. it, it is, it is bro. I, I think he's amazing in it, like because there's so many good films that I remember watching in my childhood with him in it, like see no evil, uh, see no evil, hear no evil, and stuff crazy and stuff. Or he's so much better in them than he is in this. But he he plays like a really weird, solemn character who it seems like he has no emotion, like obviously the whole way through it, but. If his game plans to murder children the whole time, then he's not exactly going to be that excited, is he? <laughs> but uh, I mean, even just wanting to like steal the boy away and all that's a bit mental. Like, it's uh, he's just crazy. It's a bit crazy. Man. It's, it's enjoyable though. Leaving his factory to Charlie because Charlie's the least cuntiest out of all the little kids that he took there. And they were just sweeping the the, tra- the slave labour of the Oompa Loompas under the carpet. <laughs> oh God. Do you know what? I also was thinking as well, see the guy with the scar on his face that was pretending to be the evil guy. Yeah. Um, so the, the, what makes it even more like a horror film is these kids must have been pre-selected. Yes. Because that, yeah. Aye. Yes. Because that guy yeah. was where they all were. Aye. So that's fucking even more creepy. That's it. So it's, it's been, the, de- the deck's been stacked and that people are buying millions and millions of these chocolate bars, but he's already decided the kids that are coming. But because this is obviously in a pre-internet age, how would he know who these kids are? Like if they were yeah, all the essentially. What you don't Bro, know man, who the, the person who's the most tuned on? He's, he's not been seen for. Uh, he's not been seen for ten years, so he's been spending all this time researching which children to kidnap and murder. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I'm extremely happy that he does obviously want to go down and murder some of these kids because Veruca Salt is the most intolerable little cunt of all time yeah. in any programme oh. that we've watched. Um, I couldn't stand that. I, I, my blood's boiling watching her. I'm like, I just, I'm like, as a parent, you're like to the dad, shut her up, <laughs> man. Like, put her in her place. Stop telling her I. Like, this is frustrating the life out of me. <laughs> uh, she did say I'd take that down to my notes, but I thought, um, the actress was brilliant in that. I thought she was. I thought it was hilarious. Like I don't. I don't. Because sometimes you see people that are acting like that, and you, they actually, they fear enough they annoy you, but you're actually. This is actually grating on me and boring me. But is that I found the way she was like the lines that she had and the way she was saying them and her facial expressions. Although it was kind of like it was funny watching it, even though you were obviously meant to dislike her because of how, um, how sort of spoilt 
spoiled brat that she was, but I thought it really worked well with that role, whereas you obviously need to have a mixture of all the kids to, especially what was going to happen later on with them, dying, basically. But I thought that was, I thought that was probably the, I thought that person was the best act, well, best actor or actress throughout the full film, really, for me, even though it was a minor role. Would you even go as far to say that she might be greed when it comes to the seven cents? Possibly, I. <laughs> Uh, I'm just gonna, I've got a little list here and uh, there's probably stealing some of your trivia here but of who would, <laughs> who would be what in the deadly sins but what's Hunter's trivia without us stealing it before him anyway well so obviously <laughs> gluttony is Augustus Gloop um, who I think in the in the, the new one well not the new one the later one with, with uh, Johnny Depp the Augustus Gloop in that is much better than the one in this Um there's Pride, which is Violet Bogard. Greed, which is Veruca Salt. Sloth, which is Mike TV, which I thought was an amazing name for the little boy that just watches telly. <laughs> uh, Lust, obviously Charlie Bucket. Uh, Raph, Willy Wonka. And Envy, being old grandpa, benefit stealing Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know, it's that, you see when he gets up and starts singing and dancing about, it's, the lines are... He's got the golden ticket, and it's like, it's no you, you're a fucking plus yeah. one. <laughs> it's your <girl's> <laughs> Do it. Just think, think about the situation with them lying in their bed, right? There's four grandparents lying in this double bed <laughs> for 20 years or however long it's been. They've just lay there eating cabbage soup. <laughs> just a water, dude. Right. I'm going to take this a different way. Uh, I hated this as a child. Uh, <laughs> there's far too really, much enjoyment in this for Sean to like it I know I really really wasn't looking forward to watching it uh, I've kind of covered it actually for the first time I've uh, taken some notes which I don't normally do but like I've just kind of wrote down stuff that kind of like the this, the guy at the start the sweet shop guy I used to, dis, to despise that Candyman thing song <laughs> I just hated it again it's already covered there like, he's just flinging sweets about uh, well, Charlie just looks through the window because he's to convey he's too poor. But as Hunter said, there's no money exchanging hands. Uh, also, I've looked in his uncles a benefit cheat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the four adults in the bed kind of thing. Uh, obviously, it's to convey the whole, like, the whole poverty kind of situation and stuff like that. But it's just so I just find that so stupid. I know it's a kids' film and they're going to a fucking chocolate factory and. A wee boy, it's, I, I know it's an over-the-top film, but there's, there's other ways to portray poverty than four grown adults in a double bed. It's just no practical at <laughs> all. Uh, I found it very, very dated, especially the the, the tunnel scene, uh, huh. like seeing a chicken get beheaded and stuff like that. It just, it's really weird, and that felt really, really dated. Like, you, you, I know it was, what was it, what was it, 71 you said that this came out? Yeah. So, uh, obviously understandably, but... I was just kind of feeling myself laughing because obviously they're in the wee boat and you can tell the boat's just like stationary and they've just got the screens either side or whatever it was just kind of moving through. <laughs> just, it was really, really poorly done in my opinion. And it probably looked, well, I'm sure Hunter can tell us how good it looked back at the cinema. Oh, uh, good. Dolby Cinematics. But no, it's one that I wasn't looking forward to watching. Uh, like, and it's not even that, like it's... I'm not a big fan of a lot of older films and stuff like that. Uh, but I, I it didn't even have that kind of nostalgic feeling because I hated watching this as a wee boy with my sister loved this. So 
remember when we, it was Hotman to choose a film or whatever, it would always be this or Matilda <laughs> and two, two of those films and Miracle on 34th Street it's three films that I just cannot stick no, it's just be slagging off Matilda so Matilda's uh, a classic uh, but uh, yeah. uh, no for me uh, it's just I get, it's probably just because I've seen it that much as a child and just grew to hate it that I, I just didn't enjoy watching it again uh, hopefully never 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 need to watch it again <laughs> sorry so reliving your uh, traumatic childhood and having to watch entertaining children's films Sean well I used to love Mac and Me and you seen Mac and Me yes Mac and Me's a like, classic uh, the, that's like uh, the, the the E.T. for poor people the wish E.T. oh that's so bad it's also better than uh, E.T. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's brilliant so like I, always, uh, I always refer to anytime I see a baby <laughs> Or someone that has a newborn baby, I say it just looks like the thing from Mac and Me. That's exactly oh, what a newborn baby the looks like. Creatures, eh? <laughs> oh, it's it's shit, but brilliant at the same time. <laughs> it's so good. Nah, it's just bad. Also, Sorry, just going off on a tangent, can you mind uh, the, the Indian in the cupboard? Did, did any of you watch that? Uh, I've heard that. Oh, I used to love that as well. Sorry, what kind was, of your t- childhood did you have? I was yeah, channel 5 videos. Daniel showed his cat's arsehole to the screen. <laughs> Sorry, guys, who were watching. There's a nice wee view for you. That's funny. You, you uh, worded that as if I held the cat up. That's <laughs> <what> <laughs> I, <laughs> I tell you what, that, that's the way I'm going to edit it, Daniel. <laughs> I'm going to edit. I'm going to freeze it. And that's just going to be there for the rest of this. The rest of this uh, recording. Hunter, so just jump in with some trivia at the moment and we'll, we'll talk about it as we go on. Right, I've got a fair, a fair few bits anyway. So the opening credits, funnily enough, were actually filmed at a real chocolate factory, which is the Toblerone factory in Switzerland. Nice. Uh, whilst filming there, they never managed to steal any chocolate because most of the chocolate bars we see in the film are actually made of wood. Um, the Mike TV spatter has got that one line where he says about you're going to be getting the gun, he says not to your 12 son. Apparently that took over 40 takes to film. <laughs> <laughs> 40 takes to say not to your 12 son. Jesus Christ. I know. At that point, he should have just after 10 years, like, no, nah, somebody else. Surely I've got somebody who can deliver. Just got to do four golden tickets at that point. Make <laughs> right. TV and fuck off now, pal. This is, uh, this is Tarantino where they just put himself in the film, eh? Oh. <laughs> Budget problems. <laughs> and zoom to somebody's feet. Right, obviously, Gene Wilder is the star of the film, so he's read the script and he said to um, Stuart, who was the director, I'll take it the role but under the one condition that um, when the oh, the scene where he goes to meet the kids for the first time is like I'm going to have a limp but then I'm going to roll into a somersault so that from that point no one will know if I'm going to be telling the truth or if I'm lying and then the director said to him so you're basically saying it's a no if this is not allowed to happen and then Gene Wilder said and that's the truth so as Someone who's famed for being a liar, I can relate to that aspect of Gene Wilder's character. <laughs> and then on the back of that, it took him over two weeks with trainers to get that somersault correct. So he spent two weeks just training to get that one scene perfect. That, that he wanted. Yeah. I just, I just suggesting something that you don't know how to do. Exactly. Ridiculous. 
And the, the, the Oompa Loompas that were apparently also famed for partying whilst they were on set and they would get limos out to bars and pubs and after. And then there's the final Oompa Loompa song I partly took over. I think it's the one where they do the little dance routine at the end when they do it, they be stars. I partly took over 50 takes to get that right and I can only presume they must have been half cut through wherever they were right like before. <laughs> They're my kind of guys. Um, I did hear as well those stories that was big like Major orgies. Back being the operative what? Like I've heard uh, people talk about like being on the set and that, and there was like they would all it was like crazy sex parties for all of them because there was like fifty of them. When I'm uh, I take notes as well as we're going looking for podcast names and so far I've got big big midget orgies to join uh, Jamie Foxx's big smashing Bobby and uh, glow in the dark dildos as a common theme that runs through our podcast names guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if we find a dark tunnel, we're going to do it just on the on the wonk on the wonkinate or whatever it's called. <laughs> that is exactly. So if you are listening to the podcast, we do apologise for the names, but it typically comes through stuff that Daniel says. Sorry. <laughs> should should the right way to say it be big little people orgy? Does that sound you, you, well? You've called it big midget orgies. <laughs> and I'm going to write your name beside it on the on the. The, the title, so fuck not with you. Daniel said big midget <laughs> orgy. Well, that's. Let me put the cat back on the screen. Um, so it was also nominated for one Oscar, which was in the best music um, score, an original song score, but it was. Narrowly lost out to Fiddler on the Roof, which I've never seen. <laughs> that sounds like one of Sean's favourites. <laughs> we'll quickly move on from that. We'll move on there just to talk. I, I, wait, no, wait, no. I'm going to think so. Listen, we don't want to talk about Sean's childhood. But um, Best picture that year was the winner it was The French Connection. Um, I just wanted to bring up, there's a movie in there that was nominated, which is an amazing movie with a really dark subject line, which is A Clockwork Orange out the same year. That's a classic. Very good film. Sorry, Hunter, I interrupted your trivia. Keep going. I'm trying to give a lot much more. Um, I saw, the other thing as well, so when, a lot of the actors and actresses, um, when they were filmed, seeing sort of some of the uh, scenes, they were seen for the stage or whatever the way it was set up for parts of the chocolate factory it was all filmed as genuine reactions so when the kids actually see the chocolate river the chocolate room the candy room that was all genuine reactions they'd never seen it that was the first time going in and seeing these parts of the set so i thought that was quite good as well because you're getting you're not acting imagine how a kid would go in and you could you couldn't really to get the true feel you couldn't act how surprised a kid would be going in and seeing rooms like that so i kind of added a wee bit of magic in it for me yeah it does it obviously like it portrays on the fact that like as young kids you want junk food sweets and all that kind of jazz so this is like the holy grail of what you can get and you can imagine like poppy watches it she she's seven she watches the new one all the time and she goes through little phases of films but when it like every so often it comes back to charlie and the chocolate factory um but she's obsessed then after watching that getting a chocolate bar that's got a golden ticket and it's still in twenty twenty one like appealing to younger kids and that's all she wants. She's not even bothered about the chocolate, it's literally just that golden ticket that we've bought previously and given to her as well because it's it's that fantasy of how much chocolate 
can I have, can I eat anything and everything? Uh, maybe that says a lot about why the nation's got ah. such obesity problems. Yeah, and yeah. So calories consumed in Wonka Factory don't count, so you don't put any weight, unless you're obviously Victoria Crawford comes out like a three foot tall and wide. <laughs> well, if you're going to, if you're going to the Wonka Factory, you're going to die anyway, so you'll be still just going to what you want. I guess your name's Charlie Bouquet, you'll come out there. Um, I'm not sure if this is in your trivia, Hunter, but I'm sure that though Dal apparently fucking hated this. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's like, um, my, my memory of the book is so far removed that it's a bit like uh, the title and a couple of aspects of the story. Well, the title, because it's actually Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is the name of the book, and because though Dal hated it so much, you wouldn't let them use that, the title. Interesting. I didn't know that. I just obviously thought I thought they had just changed it to like, try and make it a step away from the one that they already had. You got the mind with the book as well that the Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator was a sequel in the books as well. Yeah. Aye. Right. Yeah, we're going down the road. I don't know if he was dead by the time the new one came out, and that's why they got the name. So I can't imagine they would have liked the new one either. Remember, Although it's a bit close, the new one's closer to the book. It's a lot darker yes. than the new one, isn't it? I don't know, this one's pretty dark. You've never seen the new one. You should watch it, Sean, I love it. No, it's bad, it's bad. Okay. It's an alright kids film. For for potential psychopaths that were growing up in the in the nation. Let's uh, find out what Instagram thought of it though, Daniel. So Instagram picked it. Um, for the people that did interact with us, what did they think? Uh, so it got a 3.66 overall, um, quite middle of the road scores, like no 5 out of 5s. Usually at least one person gives everything a 5. People get a great but not for this. <laughs> do you know what it uh, sounds like? So, to give props to those that do follow us on Instagram, it, found, it sounds like they're coming more in line with the way that we mark things. It's not as erratic. Yeah. So yeah, but they're starting to get a lot of like 3.75s and 3.25s and stuff like that. They're, Folk have clearly been watching. They understand the scores now. Because there's been a there's been a few weeks where it's fives and ones. That's just what people get. Five. I liked it. Or uh, I didn't like it. Five and one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we've, we've not made them suffer Zulu down yet, so we've not had zeros coming in too much. No. Bunzi, what was your thoughts then on your scoring? Um, I was just going to add a couple things. First, is that um, I think I must have watched this quite a lot when I was younger because I'd like. Obviously, as you know, I didn't watch many, hadn't watched many films. But see, whenever any the songs came up, I was like either humming along or knew all the words to all the songs, which was bizarre for me because I didn't, I didn't know it before I started. But once you saw the first line, the full, the full time I knew the full rest of the song, which was weird. But um, once you saw the first line, were you doing it like karaoke with the subtitles on again? That's what it was. Are you watching the film with subtitles still? I always watch films with subtitles. I'm weird though. But were you singing along with the words? I'm just going, I mean, well, I didn't look, I wasn't looking at the words in the subtitles as I was singing, but once the first line came <laughs> as out, as you were singing, I remember the song. Sure, <laughs> you you on your own singing these songs. Fantastic, <laughs> 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 Bunzi, go on, <laughs> give, give us a rendition. 
Oh, I can't, that's what I'm saying. I can't remember the songs until they actually started, so you'll have to miss that out. I'll probably miss the subtitles on for the karaoke version. That's what it is. <laughs> and the other thing I was going to say is, like, it didn't even, I must have just been watching and not even thinking. I didn't think about it being a really dark film, all the kids dying and stuff. I was just watching thinking, oh, it's just quite a good film. It's awfully cheery, where I'm getting the chocolate patch at the end. <laughs> it didn't even cross my mind about all the killings and that. I, just, I think it was because it was a kids' film. I just took it as, like, a really fun film and didn't think about the backstory a lot of the time. Um, but I thought it was, I enjoyed it far more than I thought. Um, so I'm going to give it a 3.25. A 3.25. Charlie enjoying the, uh, the the first five years of his tenure in charge of this, dealing with the police and it shut down as they're investigating <laughs> the workout where all these kids have went. The whole, produ- <laughs> the whole production of the Chocolate Factory is closed worldwide because there's messed up kids inside it. Yeah, I was the man. But they go they go down in the in the new film. I did in the new I keep saying I don't even know where it was, but the the Johnny Depp one, they go down this really weird storyline of explaining where the Oompa Loompas came from and why they're there and what they're eating stuff. It's fucking stupid, man. Just leave it. And to avoid the midget orgies, they just had one midget play all the same one guy. It was always the same midget. Copied and pasted it. Yeah. Hey, Daniel, you're talking. What's your scores? <laughs> um, I'm giving it a 2.5. Um, I've watched it far too many. I just I watched it so much as a kid. I did like it as a kid. Um, I do find it quite funny now as an adult. So I quite enjoyed watching it. So a 2.5. 2.5. Sean? I'm going to give it a 1.25. Reasons already explained. It's farther than I like going up than I like to stay. Far too much joy in a movie for you to enjoy it anyway, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have preferred uh, Fiddler on the Roof, wouldn't you? Uh, Hunter? No, uh, I, I kind of touched on in my description that it was a big slice of nostalgia and I enjoyed it. Uh, it was a 3 out of 5 for me. I mean, similar to Bumsy, but not quite to the same level. You see, knowing that I had this film coming up, all the songs were in my head as a little ear one more week. So, like, they were just there, like, they were just randomly popping, like, all week. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> like, it was, it was just there all week, and it's probably going to be there for like, a couple of weeks as well. So, I'm going to enjoy that soundtrack. Daniel, please, many, please, um, please clip that little ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's going to be the start this week. We'll, we'll, add, we'll add that to the start of the next YouTube video. A little ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Who needs an intro, eh? Uh, I'm just going to give it a slightly less score than you, Hunter, and I'm going to give it a 2.75. Um, I do like it. I like it much more than the other one, uh, and I've seen the other one to death, so I, was, I actually quite enjoyed watching this one. Um, it was quite interesting watching it, knowing, it, like... I'm looking out for like the seven deadly sins. It gave me like much more of a storyline to look out for. I'm like, ah, that's that little bitch that's fully greed, can I stand her? And then I just hated her even more as it went on. <laughs> Bunsy, what does that do for us in terms of score? What's a 2.55? 2.55. So not good enough to knock down uh, No Country for Old Men even more on our list. Um, but it does bring it up to number 52 on our leaderboard, slightly above Wreck-It Ralph um, and slightly below Ace Ventura and Nightcrawler. We've still not got a Wreck-It Ralph 2 on the list yet, Sean. 
I enjoyed all of those much more than this. I feel like, oh, I'm going too high. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll get Wreck-It Ralph to what a day it'll be. Get uh, animated sequels on the wheel. Yeah, just, just <laughs> 16 selections of Wreck-It Ralph to. Listen, I, we all know fine well Sean's going to fuck it up and start watching the first half of Wreck-It Ralph 1. <laughs> I've seen this before. <laughs> Well, guys, you look a bit like a football casual tonight, Sean. Eh? You look a bit like a football casual tonight. Yeah. Uh, uh, just, uh, just, uh, I'm just as far as removed from a football casual as you could possibly get. Any sign of trouble, I've won the other way. After, I know, I just feel like you're going to I've up seating at that A at Hamden on the Sunday, I can tell you that. Eh? <laughs> There's a ripped up seat at that A at Hamden on the Sunday morning when I got there. How is that? <laughs> 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 well, listen, guys. So, two point five five for that one there. Um, the movies that we did have for last week were, which we typically talk about at the start, um, which were Whiplash and The Joker. Um, they came in at eighth and twenty ninth. So we went down the way in terms of the quality of movies that we've watched uh, with this one anyway. But maybe the next one will have a different point of view on there. Uh, just before we jump into that, though. Just want to obviously plug the socials and the podcast like we do every week. We are up to 197 downloads on the podcast, so only three away from hitting 200, which we're absolutely buzzing about. Um, and Instagram is growing every week. So I think from what I've seen from the analytics earlier, Daniel, it was up 52 followers against the September um, numbers that came in. I don't know if you looked into the detail, but I was being a geek with it. Uh, I've not even looked, but uh, I slowed down a little bit, but hopefully I want to get to 2,000 by, you know, let's set a target for 2,000 soon. 2,000 soon, that's a, that's a target there, isn't it? <laughs> let's, let's, go for, let's go for New Year, we'll promote it and let's try and go like, for New Year. If you want us to hit 2,000 and we'll do a 2K inflatable bone post with the five of us with the gold bones, you, you can follow us on Insta and we'll provide that content for you. <laughs> <laughs> know, that's it and when, when we hit that 2k as well what we'll do is we'll we'll double the amount of movies we watch for that week it won't be fun we'll go for four movies that week no it's Christmas I'm taking two weeks off <laughs> <laughs> can't uh, be doing sons at Christmas absolutely right. no chance uh, Monday's yeah. 27th we can do the 27th ah but we've got it on Boxing Day so that'll be alright ah, that'll be perfect you'll all be fucking hung over just because uh, you're not going to I know you'll be absolutely fine. Happy days. So, um, yeah. So that was the longest silence ever there, by the way. That felt really long. I've just (laughs) what it was is a a comment came in the chat from a bot, and I'm like, what is that? Why is that came in here? So I'm just going to go and delete it. Um, That's that's why I was confused. Um, yeah, so just to finish promoting the podcast as we went on a tangent there, uh, jump on to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Amazon if you dare, and download our podcast. Uh, we would love to get to 200. Hopefully we'll get to 200 by the end of today or tomorrow. Um, but we would like to make the next goal for that to be up to 500. So really pushing for these downloads. You'll see loads about it on the socials as well. So please, please keep an eye out. But let's jump on to our next movie, which was Scarface. Scarface came out in 1983. Um, Sean's toes must have been curling when he seen how long this film was. Two hours and 50 minutes. 
Um, gutted that we didn't have this movie alongside Once Upon a Time in America. Uh, I think the viewers have got to, got to look at themselves for that one. That, they missed a great opportunity there. Uh, so this is in 1980 Miami. A determined Cuban immigrant takes over a drug cartel and succumbs to greed. So he might as well just put the wee lassie for uh, Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory to walk alongside him. That was what? Right. <laughs> well, Bunsy, jump in and give us your thoughts on Scarface. Right. Um, first of all, because I know when I go into it, you're probably going to say that's because the film was too long. But um, <laughs> I thought the first two hours, I watched this, I watched the first two hours on one night and then I was near enough falling asleep. So I turned it off because I thought I'm not going to enjoy the rest of it. But the first two hours I found really good until he goes up and gets married to the ex his ex boss's wife. But then after that, it kind of lost its lost its way a bit until towards it until it picked up again towards the end. Um, so I, going back to the beginning of the film is the first sort of bit where you know he's in Cuba. Kind of I didn't really pick it up very well at the start until he actually gets into Miami, and then then I thought you actually understood really what was going on throughout the film. So um I thought Tony Montana was it was great throughout it. Um the first cocaine deal that they did in the apartment, I thought that was really exciting in terms of it was quite on the edge of the seat stuff with all this sort of and I've said before I don't really like a lot of scenes where there's lots of blood and lots of shooting and all that kind of stuff. But I thought that was that was played out pretty well. Um they did quite a good job of um giving you an insight into Tony's character in terms of how he was like Quite protective as a sister of a sister from pretty much the start of the first first interaction with her, um, and also I quite like films where obviously Tony on occasions is a low he's going about killing people. So like you're not really well. You might have a different opinion as me, but I wasn't sort of I was sort of torn quite a lot throughout the film whether I wanted him to be become what he wanted to be in terms of becoming rich or failing. I think because the you got you, you did understand his character to an extent. So though he was going about and killing people, there was obviously people that were wanting to try and get him and take him out of the game. So I thought that was really well done. Um, the scenes with uh, Tony and Frank, I thought there was a lot of tension built really well with them too because both of them, you could tell, just didn't trust each other from the very from when he starts working to him until Tony kills him. Um, and also... As I say, it's, it lost its way a bit for me after he gets married to, to Frank's Frank's wife. Um, I thought at that point they could have probably cut the film at, at that tour mark and it would have worked worked well. Then it sort of lost its way for about half an hour until until he's in his big mansion and then the, the ending of the film. The only thing I thought would have worked better would have been when his when he turns when his sister tom, uh, comes back, and she comes into the room after being like I don't know if she was they gave her drugs or just gave her pills to make her fussy I'm not sure, and just starts remarking to him like how he's obviously all possessive about her, and doesn't want her to be with anyone else. I'm saying like, do you just want me for your do you want me for say yourself? It, just say it. Just say, say it. it. Say it. Oh. Say it. So, but I thought that point. Well, she tries to shoot him. She tries to shoot him. I thought it would have been better ending if she just actually killed him, and that would have been a better ending with her getting 
killing her brother for all the all the hassle that she's caused that he's caused her throughout the film and not being able to love Craig, the way she wants. Craig, I genuinely thought you were build up to say I hundred percent thought you were build up to say it would have been so much better if he just shagged her. Like, <laughs> I was positive that was where it was going because <laughs> obviously that's. I'm not sure that's what I was going to say. <laughs> oh. you're, put, you're putting this, you're pointing this bad image to me on the stream. Is that like, oh, that would be that class ending. Oh, I, th- I, I was, I was waiting for that. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> you've just whipped it. You've just whipped the rug right from underneath them there, Daniel. You floored them. Um, <laughs> no, but I think that was. I think that was pretty much. Um, I say Tony Montana. I think was class. I don't. I don't think the rest of the acting or actually were anything, anything magic. But he sort of made the film for me. Um, so there was quite a lot of good points. Some, some not so big, but uh, good points. And probably the only sort of downside was, um, it was maybe like 20, 30 minutes too long. I just thought there was a lot of filler after the first tour mark until you get to the end scene, and also maybe the. The rest of the characters, it was sort of also built around Tony. Um, the full film really maybe could have shown you a bit of background of the other, the other characters. Um, I'll see what Daniel thinks about it in case he's got a different opinion than any scene since he's <laughs> since he thought I was going to say might, something. You might have him. You might have him in, in, your, in, in your in your illegitimate thoughts, Bonzi, that you were. Going oh. <laughs> Because I obviously she could, aye, anyway we'll move on to that. <laughs> well, so uh, yes, because the way the way you were saying it was because uh, obviously like that scene she's got obviously her tits out and she's walking up to him and she's saying obviously you wanted me and then you were going to say and I bet an ending would have been and I thought you were going to say instead of her shooting I mean it's like I didn't even know what else it could have been. I think it was anyway, the F word there for a minute it was going to get really really weird. What? I thought I thought the same as Daniel. I thought you we were going you were going to bring out the F word that she used. Oh, you just the same as Daniel. Sorry, right? Aye. <laughs> Jesus. 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 Uh, aye, I do enjoy this. Um, I, this is my confession. There, I've never seen this before. I've avoided this my whole life. Oh, wow. Um, wow. It's quite surprising. I think folk would be shocked that I've never seen it. But Joe yeah. um, you know why? Right. See. Every single celebrity you ever hear about that likes this film and like looks up to Tony Montana, they're always fucking wankers. And see if you ever meet anyone in real life that's like, oh, fucking Scarface, oh, he's a killer. Sc- uh, they're wankers. They didn't get this film. They just don't get the film. You're not meant to, he's not, he's not meant to be the coolest cunt in the film. He's a fucking maniac. He's yeah. an arsehole. He's a like horrible cunt. That's the point of the film. And then you've got all, uh, aye. It's just, you don't think, though, Daniel, it's kind of built, though, that there's parts of the film where obviously it's really unlikable, but there's also points where, maybe it was just me when I was watching it, that not to say it comes across as likable, but because there's obviously other people that are obviously really bad guys as well and killers, that you're, you're sort of torn as to who, because it's like, there's not as if there's any sort of people that you're thinking, oh, really want them to to progress or whatever, because every single one of them are real assholes, really. So it's kind of, uh, no, maybe it's, that's why people have got that opinion. But I agree with you. Aye, it's not that. It's, uh, it's he's like so charismatic and Al Pacino's so amazing. Like, mm-hmm. Al Pacino's fucking, he's awesome in this, right? And the, and the character's cool as fuck. I do get it. He is cool as fuck. But you're uh, you're not supposed to aspire to be that as a point I'm making. I'm yeah. talking to, there's a very specific type of per- pe- person you meet and I, I saw Sean nodding his head. I think he understands what I'm talking about here. 
Um, but do you remember watching MTV Cribs back in the day? Oh, God. Uh, no. See all the fucking absolute wanker celebrities were like, oh, Scarface poster. Oh, Scarface is cool. Uh, I, I do even now. I see that hang like on Insta. So there's folk now getting, like, do you know, like, the world is yours globe. Like, folk are now getting the neon light of that and putting it up in the living room. And I'm like, why? I know. And it's like some bell enders block two glammy cocaine to a party and he's like, oh, Scarface, hey, like, fuck it. It's always like one of those wanks. Uh, and that's what's always put me off this. It's just fucking arseholes. But uh, it is, it's a good film. It's a bit, it drags on a wee bit. Um, there's a lot of really good scenes there. So like the very first drug deal that goes on is good. Um, all the bits where it's like the action picks up a little bit is good. And, the one thing is, it's been caricatured to death now. So, like, this Tony Montana as a character has probably been ripped off more than mm-hmm. any other character. Like, it's in so many things. You can probably think of any show for The Simpsons to... We watched Ace Ventura um, recently, and that's got a piss take In fact, funnily enough, did you notice that Hector Salamanca's in this? I was going yes. to bring it up. Uh, young Hector so Salamanca. Uh, he's also an Ace Ventura. It was nice to actually hear him speak for a change rather than ringing his bell. <laughs> Sorry, I knew you were going to say that, Sean. I should have just kept that. Sorry. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> I knew that you would have noticed it anyway, you and Hunter. I will put up a uh, spin-off show, so I don't think we'll make Kyle watch the thing, but... Wake me up when you're done, guys, eh? <laughs> no, but I'm excited. We will get to see the blossom and change in you as you would grow to love it. By the end, it would be like a wonderful moment. Just, a, as just, we just to... another de- don't the death thing about drugs, Breaking Bad. Eh? We'll, we'll come at that in our oh. time. <laughs> You'll enjoy it anyway. I uh, Pacino's amazing. I do like his pal um, as well. Who's it that plays his wife slash Frank's wife? Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. That's it. I get her and Sharon Stone and Kim Basinger and those ones that were all good at that time. I think what you were trolling there. Like, I was like waiting for me to mispronounce her name or something like that. But I say I'm doing that. No, I, I, get, I get a lot of them mixed up for that sort of time period. But, um, aye, it's all right. I don't, I don't think it's this amazing masterpiece or super exciting film that so many people hang. But I do enjoy it. It's good fun. Uh, and Al Pacino's fucking amazing in it, which will bring my score up. It's, it's one of those films that you're meant to like. Like, you're, you're supposed yeah. to like this, right. and you're supposed to have seen it, and like you touched on it, it referencing pop culture all the time, and we were at the age group when Grand Theft Auto became a really big popular game, and it was all themed around Scarface, which made it cooler at the time, because we were young, playing this game, and wanted to know more about the film, and that's probably the time period where I was like, I'm going to watch this, but it's... Do you know what, it's funny because when I was watching it at the time, I'm thinking this is a long film, right? But this could have easily have been one of those films that they filmed four, five, four, four and a half hours long and chopped it into three films. Because there is loads that you want to know more about, like that growth that he has from being this little guy washing dishes to getting there. A lot of it happens quite fast. And you want to see, like, that drug deal that goes wrong at the start, surely he's had an R10-15 of them that are maybe bigger and more exciting than that point, and you could have had a little bit more in-depth detail about that. Well, but, not even that as well. I think, obviously, you could have had the one which is essentially you could have had a young Tony Montana 
until he goes on the boat to America with what what got me into Alan Cooper that grew him distant to his family, whatever else. How did he never see his sister? But you could that could have been part one. Part two could have been the rise to power and part three could have been the fall from grace. Yeah, yeah. And we could have found out how he think, Do you think this is a modern viewer in us now, right? They were so conditioned for like Netflix and the way that we watch things now, right? That anything that should be that nowadays this would be an eight episode series and it would get a season two and a season three and it would be done to fucking death it would be shite that's but then that's where everyone thinks now because as soon as there's like a gap in time in any sort of film it's like oh what happened there show us all of that oh. so it's like, I, I think it's fine to just like so in my in my we, head i'm thinking more like Lord of, the ranks, you mean, uh, i'm matter. thinking more like lord of the rings style where it's all filmed and then chopped to to show you what you're to, to what you're getting um, Aye, but you don't need you don't need nine hours of Scarface. Like, just it's fine. During that time period, he went from making sandwiches to getting some drugs. It's fine. You don't need all that. I'm absolutely with Daniel. The nineteen eighties wedge then, Miami. The bit I like to touch on more about it is the end. So that end scene, I think, like you've got this long drawn out film where you are bringing out a lot of information on it, and then this last bit, which is the most iconic bit and the bit that people remember most, is over within minutes. It's like dead quick from them. There's hundreds of people that are plowing into his house. He gets killed and he's gone. I just felt like... I thought it was, I thought it was a reasonable I didn't think it was that short at all. Uh, I'm not having that. I thought it flew in. It absolutely, that part absolutely flew in. I thought he's barely even had any, any kind of gunfight there was na- nothing dramatic for this no well you see what happened they said they shoot the guy when he shot Hector Salamanca he did they kill the guy outside the UN and obviously it was the Brian guy it was his guys who then came and stormed them and that was it so you know you who the people were why they were there so there was no need to string it out even I was buying it before that too where did they come from? Uh, yeah, how did they get? Which flight did they get? <laughs> I, wanted to, I, wanted to, I wanted to see how this this super paranoid, ultra protective guy had folk climbing in his windies. He's chilling there with a big pile of cocaine. Like they, they killed one, because, fat, killed one fat well, guy. Well, that's guy. You don't get this because he's a, he wouldn't know what was happening anyway because he's that much. He's tits some cocaine. They killed, they killed one fat <laughs> one fat guard on the way in, and that was it. I just felt it was a bit shite. Like, it was a great film with a shite ending. Daniel's walked off. He's I'm not going to plug my phone in in two seconds. But, um, <laughs> no, you've missed the point, Kyle, right? It, it, it tells you this in the movie. So everyone's deserted him at this point. So he's he's killed his right-hand man, who's his top security guy. He's And everyone, he was phoning back, and nobody knew who was in charge. Everyone's fucked off because he's too paranoid and because he's went too crazy with power. And he's lost everything, he's left on his own. That's the whole point in the film. Kells want to see the shift rotor because the guy that's head of security is left. That must have been an annual leave. You'd be chilling with you, Sean, with the event you get. I do think sometimes, Kells, sorry to cut you off, because you kind of use that expression quite a lot, like you want to know more of a background about characters and stuff like that, which is fine. And that's kind of, that's a good point what Daniel says about the whole Netflix generation and everything's like a series now. Whereas I see it a bit differently, like, when I watch a film, I, I, I don't need to know everything. Like, 
like that. Like it, it, it's condensed into, in this case, two hours, 45 minutes. There's only so much that you can actually know without it just being a bit too much. Whereas, I can understand what you're talking about because it did kind of seem to just kind of skip time and stuff like that, but it, I, I, that happens in quite a lot of kind of gangster films, I find. Because I think that it would be quite boring if you're just sitting going through every deal that he's went through and got him to this point, to this point, to this point. Whereas you do kind of need to fast forward time a bit and one minute he'll be cleaning dishes, the next minute he's got a, a fucking, I don't know, a, a Miami apartment and then all of a sudden he's in a mansion and stuff like that. It's, you don't need to see him going viewing these properties, <laughs> checking, like, maybe, oh, yeah, that's good stuff before he takes it out. You know what that is, Kyle? We, me and you are brainwashed with the Vice City generation, but we want the fill of fucking missions. You want the side quests and the cut scenes, you're watching the full cut scenes. I'll tell you what I'm looking at, like, the... I don't really know what to think of this. I, I, I watched this today, uh, and as you know, I'm not a big fan of this kind of genre of film. There's a couple, there's a, maybe one or two exceptions, but uh, I obviously found it a bit too long. It's already been covered. There was a lot of kind of, it was like kind of downtime in it where like, it didn't feel like there was much happening. Uh, I actually had to put the subtitles on as well because I was really struggling to actually understand what the fuck they were saying. <laughs> uh, so I had, to, I had to stick the subtitles on so I could understand what was going on. Uh, it had its moments like the first drug deal I thought was really good it was quite tense uh, is, it, is it Manny his right hand man is that what his name yes. Manny he was outside right. the car chatting the bird up and all that and then he's in uh, Tony's upstairs there's a chainsaw involved and all that like, that was quite good quite gruesome as well at some bits but again there was a lot of what just kind of felt like kind of filler stuff uh, I would have liked it if it was a bit more condensed uh, the, like any other kind of gangster film in fact not really actually there, there was a few bits where it was a bit over the top like the last scene where, uh, where they're all shooting him and he's got like fucking mini Terminator coming up his backside with a shotgun uh, and he's just taking the bullets and he's still talking and waving his arms about I can't stand stuff like that it's just to- totally over the top I just I just totally switch off when stuff like that happens uh, but it, it had its moments for me for, for a, a kind of genre that I'm no too keen on uh, I found it okay. I'd, I would like to watch it again, uh, kind of, in a few months, or let it kind of settle a bit. As I said, I only watched it for the first time today. It normally takes me like a, a good day or so to actually kind of form a proper opinion of a film. It happened with No Country for Old Men, and I went back on it and then kind of changed my views on it. But uh, and and again, it, it falls into that category where you've heard so much about it, you've heard it's great, you've heard it's a, it's a lot of people's favourite films, so you're expecting big great things and. It always kind of fails to deliver for me when I'm watching it. It's, it always seems to be a bit of a letdown. Because uh, this is a lot of people's favourite film and I can understand why if a lot of people like this kind of stuff. Uh, but it kind of failed to deliver on that for me, which isn't really a surprise because when something gets bigged up that much and you watch it yourself, you're expecting a pure 10 out of 10 masterpiece, which it wasn't for me. Uh, but no, I had a few good moments for me, but it's just no... I struggle to invest in these kind of films and uh, what I will say is though that at no point in the film did I want Tony Montana to be successful like he was I thought Al Pacino was brilliant and that like, the character was portrayed very well he was a proper proper dickhead uh, right. and normally in these films obviously they're all bad guys gangsters but they're likeable at the same time in a lot of the stuff you look at Goodfellas and stuff like you like them and there's stuff that's quite endearing about them whereas in this for me 
there was nothing likeable about him from basically the start. I thought he was a top prick. Uh, if, and if that's the way it was meant to be, then that's obviously done its job. But uh, no, nah, I've always struggled with these kind of type of films. Uh, it's just no what I'm into, but it was okay. But I would like to kind of give it a day and then see how I feel on it again, maybe watch it again in a month or so and then. You actively wanting to watch a film that is, you know, is nearly three hours long. I, I know, but I, I didn't hate it. I, I, I didn't dislike it. It's just the the subject matter is no something that I'm overly interested in, and I, I just feel like they're, they're kind of same. I know this one's got a bit of a different setting in Miami than your kind of typical ones like The Godfather and stuff like that. Uh, so it does it, it is a bit different in that regard and it did kind of feel a bit nostalgic just because of like Vice City, playing Vice City is kind of very similar set and stuff like that. So that kind of brought back memories of that, which was good. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about it because, as I said, it's only a couple of hours ago that I finished it. So it's a bit of a strange one, but I think that I probably will watch it again in a couple of months and then see see how it is second time around, but I don't know. Some conflicting thoughts for yourself then, Sean, on what you're going to be. I'll be interested Aye, I'm, I'm, not too, I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure. I don't know what I'm going to score it. I'm, I'm not too sure either way if I, if I did like it or if I kind of disliked it, but as I said, it had, it had a few good moments and stuff like that. Yeah, like the scene with Hector Salamanca in the car where he's got the, uh, the bomb and the, uh, the Ranger in the other car, I thought that was really good. Uh, there is good scenes in it, but again, it's just from what felt like a lot of filler in between. Uh, and I, I just I'm not a fan of stuff like that in films where it's just talking for the sake of talking and just adding on time to the film where it just there isn't much need for it see I'm a I'm a filler man that's why I was campaigning so hard to get um, Once Upon a Time in America on there that's a film that's got some amazing filler <laughs> you'd love watching that one Sean <laughs> not so sure not so sure I think what I chose for the first half hour uh, when I watched it, like I actually, I thought I'm, I'm really going to like this. I, I liked the way that things were going. Like when he was in the uh, when he was getting a no really interrogated, but interviewed by the police, asking like what his business is and all that kind of stuff. Like I thought I'm actually really like this, and then it just kind of after the 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 first kind of drug deal when they're in the kind of flat with the chainsaw, it just kind of dipped a bit, uh, and then I just kind of started to. No lose interest in it, but it kind of felt like it was dragging a bit, which is a shame. Well, hopefully we're going to get some trivia off of Hunter. He might even tell us how Tony Montana got his scar. Yes, well, here we go. Um, it doesn't actually say how he got his scar. I, think I can only presume that happened whilst he was in the Cuban can. However, Scarface, the title of the film, and also relating to the scar that he has on his face, was actually the nickname of Al Capone. So, there you go. Um, oh, and how did Al Capone, how did Al Capone get his scar? You know, I've watched both McEmplier, I should know that, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Basically, a woman's <laughs> brother demanded that Capone apologise to the woman, and he didn't, so he got slashed. Simple. Just a standard Saturday night out in the East End of Glasgow. <laughs> 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 Aye, so, I mean, there's a fair bit of it over the body count, surprisingly, again, is one of these ones that shocks me because it's so low. It was only 42. I presume that 40 of them were in that final scene. It must have been a lot, yeah. <laughs> um, touching on the scene with the shower, I know we've touched on the fact that um, that drug deal 
um, the load factor, the Vice City would, if you remember playing that, you could go and find their like a room based on that in Vice City where you could pick up a chainsaw mm-hmm. with all the blood sort of splattered around the walls and whatever else. Um, but during that as well, um, whilst the use of the word Yale, um, Al Pacino had um, discovered that word whilst he was trying to learn the Cuban accent and used it for the first time in that scene and the director loved it so much that but then got reused over so much throughout um, the film. Um, what else have I got here? Um, Brian De Palma, the director, um, was actually directing Flashdance at the time he read the script for this and then ditched that so that he could come make uh-huh. this. Wow, um, that's, a good, that's a good choice. Yeah, so Steve Bauer, who played the role of Manny, um, was the only actor within the film who did not have to A, audition, or B, as well, he's the only Cuban, natural Cuban in the film as well. So basically, I think he turned up for his audition, they went, he's the guy, just the look in the... Whatever, Aye, he, was whatever far he's too, done. he was far too good looking, I didn't like him. Yeah, he was Steven Spielberg is also a friend of Brian De Palma, the director, and he was on set when they were shooting, shooting sorry, some of the scenes for the final uh, sort of war fight scene, whatever you want to call it. So when you've got the scene where the guys flying up the ropes, they can start climbing up the side of the mansion, it's all done in the wide shot. Steven Spielberg actually directed that scene whilst he was on set. That's cool. And I like that. I know we just, we just touched on Manny there, but there was <laughs> one actor who actually met with Al Pacino two years prior to the film's release to discuss getting that role. Can you guess who it was? Joe Pesci. Nope. De Niro. De Niro, yeah. Nope. So uh, we're talking about the role of Manny here, the young, handsome sidekick. Oh, okay. Young, handsome sidekick, let me think. Nicholas Cage. Nope. Oh, that's before then. Somebody's <laughs> fan. Antonio Kevin, Bandera. Kevin Costner. <laughs> nope. Fuck knows. Fuck knows, tell us. John Travolta. No, for fuck's sake. Oh. <laughs> they actually had meetings with Al Pacino prior to, and then obviously Steve Bowers went in and basically got the role with it to vote or even auditioning for it. Good. So this is the final bit. Uh, this will maybe even throw you a bit. So the actress who plays um, Tony Montana's mum is only four years older than Al Pacino at the time of filming. <laughs> 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 no way. Yep. I was just looking to see if there was anything because there's a lot of things I'd seen before about the the cuts that were have to made and a lot of the violence on it to get the, the ratings down. Um, some TV shows in 1987 that actually took 32 minutes out of the show to get it on air. Um, and a lot of it has to do with the, the chainsaw scene getting cut down so that they didn't have as much blood but it, I can't it didn't even wasn't even that bad to be no, fair. No, no. No, it was a different time, different time so. I mean I compared that you I mean you imagine we what obviously watched the Django the other week and you compare that sort of final battle scene <laughs> to what we watched at the end of Django. Can you imagine the difference if Tarantino had directed that final scene? Like I mean, yeah, it's yeah. almost very yeah. similar in the sense of I'm what one guy shooting at the top of the stairs and the amount of blood yeah, spared between one mm-hmm. compared to the other. It's like night and day almost. Aye, and they're still both over the top 
it just wins that extra level over the top. You you got to bear in mind though, if Tarantino filmed it, he wouldn't have had any shoes on. So. Oh, that's true, true. And also, uh, you can see. I thought about that when I was watching this. You can see that Django has just zipped this off. Essentially, it's just uh, stolen. Yeah. Uh, it was very similar. Aye. Right. Well, happy days, guys. That brings us. And to... also, Kill Bill as well. Sorry, Kyle. I thought it was quite similar to Kill Bill. The end of the Kill Bill day. Uh... With the stairs and the. Uh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Well, Daniel, what did Instagram have to say about Scarface? Uh, so again, a bit of a mixed bag, but a bit more positive than Willy Wonka. Nobody gave it a particularly low score, but no fives out of fives, and it got a 3.9 overall. Three it just point... means that none of our Instagram followers are drug dealers, which is good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God. I'll move us on. Uh, Daniel, you watched this you, you watched this minutes before we went on. You're, you're cutting this fine every yeah. week. The, the, the last two weeks. Last... Nice. He's watching three so films, he's watched two of them today. Absolutely. <laughs> I've, chose, I've done it on purpose. So, like, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed last week when I finished Whiplash just before we came on. Um, Even though you're so, in shock for the first ten minutes before we come on. What's your week later thoughts on that ending of Whiplash? Amazing. I went back and watched it again on YouTube. Like, what, just watched it on my headphones on. Fucking, it's so good. Oh. Still, still amazing. Um... But yeah, so I did it on purpose. I had the, the day off. I was off today. I had the long weekend and I could have watched them at any point, but watched them back to back today. Uh, so this is very fresh in my mind and I'm going to give it a 3.75. It was good. And that's mostly because of Al Pacino's performance rather than anything else. A 3.75. Sean, you also watched this today? Uh, as I say, well, as I say, I wasn't too sure if I liked it or disliked it, so I'm just going to go right down the middle and give it a 2.5. A 2.5, but you'll revisit yeah, that next week when you've actually worked out if you like it or no? Uh, no, I'm a 2.5. <laughs> Burnsy? Hey, I'm going to follow Daniel and give it a 3.75. 3.75. The second half of Dunter? Um. 3.25 for me. I mean, I watched this today when I was younger. Watching back now, I mean, you compare, or I've said, like, Tony Montana is not the sort of guy that you want to be. I mean, I compare, if you were to be Al Pacino as a gangster, you'd be Michael Corleone in 100 days at 100 before you would be Tony Montana. And even Henry Hill is much more of an upstanding member of society than Tony Montana is. And I love the aesthetics. I love the 80s vibe about it at times, but I just think it's not aged as well as much as I would have my 17-year-old self would have liked it to. So, 3.25 for me. 3.25. I mean, I'm going to give it the same score I gave Willy Wonka because, to be honest, I kind of choose between these two films what one I preferred. I think I liked them equally as good. So, 2.75 for me on that. What does that then take us to Bengal? Uh, that gives us a 3.2 overall. A 3.2, which is surprisingly low compared to some of the movies that are going to be above this. Uh, this brings us into number 36 on our leaderboard, just above Kill Bill Volume 2 and below Spirited Away. How does that make you feel, Sean? You were a big fan of Spirited Away. Yeah, I gave this a higher score than Spirited Away, so that's on you guys. <laughs> uh, I, would, I would say Spirited Away is the most criminally low on the... Of all of the everything we've got there, that's of all the movies that should be higher. That's the one. No, no, uh, 
there will be blood should be higher than Spirit. Oh, that's that. I, that's no, it should be higher than Spirit away. But I mean, the biggest gap in the well, to give the context, from, sense, so there will be blood is seventeenth on our list, and Spirit is that, that annoys me. <laughs> that annoys much more than No Country for Old Men. By the way, oh, Spirited Away anyway. is sitting at number thirty-five. The I part. think it's pretty much bang on for, for thinking about those couple of films. I'm quite happy with that. You would be. You would be. The, <laughs> the, 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 the most criminally low one that we've got is number 67th on the list. Guess what it is, guys? Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. There we go. <laughs> You've done so well going a few weeks without mentioning it. I know. It's been desperate. Oh, don't, well, I, walked into, I walked into my say the sister's house last week and they were watching Detective Pikachu and I just couldn't bear myself to look at the telly. Oh, it was one of our bottom five, I think. Yeah. Oh, aye, that was wrong. And, and the thing is, I like Pokemon too. <laughs> Shit. See that? And I thought, oh dear God, I can't watch this at all. But that does then wrap up these two movies. So a 3.2 coming in for Scarface, um, which I think we're going to have some interesting comments on Instagram with this one, Daniel. I think there'll be a few people... Thinking that they like it better than what it actually is. Yeah, this might start a fight. Like, I, mean, that, if, like I hadn't watched this in years, and I'm at a few follow us, you have the same. My scoring for this off memory would have been a lot higher than what I gave it there and now after watching it again. And I think you compare it, as I said, to Goodfellas, what we watched the other week, and one stands the test of time a lot better than what the other one does. Well, I'm just oh. glad that I wasn't the person that scored at the lowest out of us all, so just make sure you yeah. tag Sean in that. I'm sure he was the one that got in the abuse the last time our film that scored low as well, Cameron, but that was. But... Uh, malevolent it was. My always me. Sean is, uh, thought... Sean, Sean is uh, the, the bad boy here. Eh? He, he's uh, he's uh, the villain. We'll get a Mario Balotelli t-shirt reveal next week. <laughs> I just don't. I just. I just don't like films, guys. That's, That's it. Well, you were doing well last week. Too. I think you scored them quite high. And you're just back to your usual now. Oh, must well. be wait, wait, wait till next week. Well, oh. speaking of next week, uh, we have got some movies picked already. Um, we have got Face Off and Rush Hour. So these were selected from our action. Was it action filler? Uh, it's just action when you're going with man. We, we ditched fillers because we had about 65 movies or something on the list for this, so <laughs> we just made it action. Well, Face Off, which I have watched today, so I'm ahead of the game again with this one, and Rush Hour uh, are the two movies at one. So if you have watched these movies, please drop your comments in below about what your thoughts are on them, or drop us a message on Instagram to let us know what you think of these movies. Um, but we don't have a category sorted currently for next week, so let me just get that up on the screen just now, um, and then we can get spinning for the categories. I'm going to read them back out just so the guys can remember what we've got on the list. So we've got the five of us, um, we've got critics versus audience, comedy, critically acclaimed, unseen by all, romance, under slash over, Cinema Trip, which Daniel's been campaigning for for about the last year. <laughs> so that would be good if we actually land on that to go. Uh, we've got Verses and we've got Followers Choice. So, 
Apart from the cinema trip, Daniel, I know you're going to say that one. Who's looking for which category to come out? I'm also looking for Roman to be campaigning for months. I'd like my arms. I believe we need to get a love triangle category on there for Pindle. Who's the dad? Well, I would go with that. The 60 uh, choices of Vicky Christina Barcelona. <laughs> she was like a bungee street. <laughs> Well, let's get it spinning and see what it ends up on. So, here we go. And you're not going to believe it, Daniel. Is it me? Cinema. Cinema, Cinema trip is the winner. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, we're going to... looks delighted. <laughs> Look at Sean. Sean's fucking gutted. He's got his I'm social. actually. I'm, it's, it's my birthday next week, so I'm going to be tough, guys. Where can he go? I'm <laughs> being serious. Okay. Honestly, I'm, I'm being serious. It's my birthday. I'm going to sort this out. Your birthday's not a week, though. Oh, no, no, it's just the weekend. Aye, no, we'll see two in one night and it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> two, two films in one night? No chance. We'll be we'll on the Sunday or something. Why don't we no. go on your birthday as a treat? Oh, Two films back to back. Just no, tell Laurie you're busy now. So it's the week after next, remember? We've got plenty of time. So I don't think... Aye, that's, oh, that's, aye, that's, aye, that's, no, my aye, bad. It ties in that. That's what I'm saying. Aye, we've got two weeks. Right, boys, I don't think Fine. people want to listen to us moan and argue about this. This is uh, this is behind <laughs> the scenes. <laughs> This is what this is what happens after the ca- after the camera stops rolling. We all argue and bitch about what's going to happen for about three days before we then finally agree on something. We're not we're not all friendly. Hold on, I totally forgot, forgot we were still on there. <laughs> Do we get to choose the film that we go see? Instagram's not nah. choosing this, are they? We'll, we'll discuss it offline. You're not, we're making yeah. so, let's bring an end to this recording. <laughs> I mean, that's like, there might not even be 16 things, or there might be anything where you add the video in concert if it's only one of the options. Guys, 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 this is is, uh, is funny, this is what it's always like when we finish. Kyle's just going to hit end stream, like, before you even tell us, he's just going to let us keep going. Stop recording right now, but thank you very much for listening and putting up with this rabble that's ended on at the end of this recording. Keep an eye on Instagram to see which movies we're going to be watching together at the cinema. Um, this is going to be really, really strange. Uh, Sean's <laughs> definitely going to pull out with these, so we'll let you know on social no, no, no. media if he is going to <laughs> renege on this. But um, thank you very much again. Have a good night. Take care. Bye. Cheers.